breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Seven FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Uh, State Rep. Cedric Glover joining us. Cedric, good morning. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Eric. Morning. I'm disappointed you didn't come in. I haven't seen you in a while. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Me too, sir. We've got exciting news, uh, especially for downtown. I know Liz Swain is ecstatic. Uh, the state building, all the employees are moving from Fairfield and Jordan to the uh, going-to-be-refurbished Jody Wagner Federal Building. Tell us about uh, how this is uh, progressing. Well, it is moving very quickly. Um, that was uh, part of uh, the reason as to why I think it was important to get it done, because it had the ability, uh, because of the mechanism that's being used to make it happen, as being the Office Facilities Corporation, to move on a pretty quick uh, uh, clip. Uh, we've... Uh, gotten to the point where not only was a decision made by that five-member Office Facility Corporation board to do the project in April of last year, uh, by August they had moved forward with soliciting uh, professionals for the demolition in the design phase. Uh, those folks were selected. Turned out they both ended up being from Freeport. Uh, and now uh, the initial work of the design team is back before the state for review. Uh, and the demolition phase and the abatement phase that's being headed up by Mike Newman and his team uh, is about to get underway as well. State paid one point seven five for the building, I believe. What is the price tag for? I mean, taking it back to the concrete and rebuilding it essentially is that going to about double the price? It, it, it's projected that the overall cost of uh, this project, uh, when you get everything down uh, to the furniture fixings, fixings and equipment, uh, will end up being somewhere over seventy million dollars, which would be about half of the cost of new ground up construction. Okay, the the old building. Uh, Fairfield and Jordan, there's a lot of concern about that's a historic building. Uh, we're not tearing that down. What What do you know about the plan for that? Has, has there been some interest? Uh, absolutely. One of the things that was uh, apparent as I began to try and move this effort forward was that the folks in the Highland community uh, made a very valid point uh, that I knew had to be addressed before we could look to go forward. And that is why they recognize that the use of the state building uh, for the original United Gas building, now the Mary Allen State Building, uh, that the state building is not the highest and best use of it. It's better than having an empty building. Uh, and so rather than end up having that prospect uh, just hang out there uh, and ultimately with no real control over how the ultimate end use uh, of that old facility would end up being directed, uh, I proposed legislation last year in House Bill 773, uh, which has been passed and enacted, uh, that will transition the building from the state to the Shreveport Redevelopment Authority. Seaport Redevelopment Authority will have the capacity to be able to essentially establish an RC, a request proposal process, that solicits uh, ideas from potential developers out there of exactly what they would look to do with it. Obviously, I think the idea is that it would make some great live, work, learn, and play space so that we could end up replacing office workers with actual residents that would end up being an area on an ongoing basis. Uh, the Seaport Redevelopment Authority would be in a position to be able to vet those proposals to make sure that the folks who are submitting actually have the wherewithal and capacity to be able to do what it is that they intend to do, uh, and then also be able to put in callback provisions in the event that you end up selecting a developer that ultimately ends up not being able to perform. So we all always end up 
uh, siding uh, on the best interest of the public uh, and the people of the Northern Highlands uh, and the people of the Freeport area, as opposed to just putting it in the hands of what could end up being a speculator like we have with many of our downtown buildings right now. Mm-hmm. We're talking with uh, State Rep. Cedric Glover about the move for the state building employees into downtown to the Jody Wagner Federal Building. Uh, Cedric, sounds like there's a lot of work that needs to be done to the existing federal building. What's our time frame for that to be completed, and when do you expect employees to be in their new offices? Well, I also understand it was never actually ever a federal building. Uh, This was a building that was built by a private contractor here in Shreveport and leased to the federal government for 20 years. Uh, and so at the end of that 20-year lease, the federal government decided they don't want to, no longer wanted to lease the building and decided they wanted their own courthouse uh, and to put federal employees in other places around the city. Uh, and so uh, they chose not to renew it. And the building itself has actually been empty for almost a decade longer than it was ever used. Timetable for the move, though. Uh, well, uh, we expect that you're going to end up having the demolition and abatement work that's going to take uh, – a good bit of the balance of this year. Uh, and so once that's done, we'll be in a position uh, to move forward uh, with the actual uh, reconstruction of the new building. Uh, and so I would expect probably within about a three-year time frame, uh, all the work in terms of abatement um, and demolition should be completed, and we should be well on our way to having a completed building ready for state workers to move into. Cedric, Cedric Glover, State Representative this is a game changer for downtown. What do you envision happening once these workers move in? There's hundreds of workers. Oh, absolutely. I think this may be the largest uh, single uh, project uh, cost-wise in the history of downtown. And and certainly, as I mentioned, when you're talking about a building that has been empty uh, for almost 30 years uh, and has been obviously a drag on the northern side of downtown, uh, and to be able to know that you're going to replace it with something that is going to be uh, obviously very visually appealing, uh, but it also will bring with it hundreds of more people uh, into that part of downtown. I think the opportunity uh, for it to end up being a great asset to downtown overall, but especially the north side of downtown, is going to be tremendous. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, and uh, <laughs> oh my gosh! I gave you an assignment. Did you find it? I did find it. Huh. I, I, I want to talk about uh, just a moment before we talk about this Georgia law. Um, I'm excited. You know, I love downtown. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I uh, before we got married, and we've been married almost. F- 40 years that's incredible you should be proud of that you shouldn't whisper that i'm not proud you should holler that from the rooftop i don't know how my wife has done it i'll be honest i really don't i'm with you on that god love her (laughs) she's got a special throne in heaven waiting for her oh man um but i lived at the fairmont downtown okay the little circle building the no 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 no, the fairmont oh not okay got you okay uh, right across from the uh, scottish Rite temple yes okay i'm with you now and and they had pretty much just opened it and so it wasn't 
subsidized in those days. Right. You know, one rundown. No, yeah. mm-hmm. no, it was it was actually really nice. Very cool. Uh, but I love and I worked downtown. I worked at uh, Chelsea's in the Square. Nice. If you remember Chelsea's. So you could walk everywhere. I, and I did. I yeah. walked to work and, and uh, got hit up by bums. <laughs> On my way into into work. We are changing the face of downtown. In but a this way. is exciting. This, this is, is really having the state building, uh, and I'm glad they're recognizing the historic significance of the existing state building mm-hmm. at Fairfield and Jordan. Yes, I remember I said Jordan one time on Ooh. the air. A hundred years ago. You ain't local if you say Jordan. I know it, and I was like, well, it's it's not Michael Jordan. I know, you know, I, know. I told the program director when he came in yelling at me. Oh, I said it's not. I said it's not burden milk. Yeah. But anyway, uh, my wife did work at Jordan and Booth. Okay. Um, but but to have the and but the recognizing that that building is historically significant. Yes. And I hope that they you know that something really cool goes there. Oh, it's going to be great. We'll be but talking about have, that throughout the morning. Yes. And What'd you do on your home? I want to get workers. to your homework story. I, I love downtown. I'm not finished. We got a lot to do on well, that. Well, there's there is a, a new law, a bill that's been passed. Uh, the, the Georgia Senate. There's a U.S. News and World Report. Uh, U.S. News report is that, yeah. U.S. News and World Report uh, story that uh, a measure that's going to provide cash to and the wording is important here. Extremely low income pregnant women in the state uh, to help. And this was this was uh, sought by the Republican governor, mm-hmm. and it would allow poor pregnant women to seek cash assistance under the state's temporary assistance for needy families program. Okay, and I'm not I'm not real familiar with it, um, but but there are some that says that says um, that their their requirements are really strict for the income. So they're not sure how many people it's actually going to help. Mm-hmm. Um, but like fewer than 500 adults get aid under the program statewide. Um, but it, I, I'm not sure if they're seeking to limit abortions, if they're trying to, you know, save more babies or help moms. Uh, but they're paying for women basically to get pregnant. I I read it as an effort to help the women so they won't abort the babies. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah, not not which rewarding I, which, which, you to get pregnant. Congratulations, I'm for. But I think it's only a hundred a month. I mean, that doesn't even cover the formula. That you know, diapers and formula is going to be easy over a hundred. That's what I'm. I'm like, eh, that's an A for effort. But is it enough? And I'm and I and you know, we heard all the screaming from the pro-choice people about okay put your money where your mouth is if you want to ban abortions you need to help and provide funding for these women if you're going to force them to keep the babies it says the the program requires 30 hours of work or training per week but a family of three must make less than 784 dollars a month who lives on 780 for a this month? program that's what's so sad so that's how it's so restrictive yeah i think if you get pregnant the second time you get up to 280 dollars a month um so it goes up a little bit as you, you if know. you if you make more than the minimum wage at 725 an hour then you actually make too much for this program to be eligible. Golly. What in the world? 
So you have to have 30 hours a week. You know, you can't be unemployed and qualify for this program, but you can't make more than $784 a month. That's a pretty restrictive program. It really is. And I don't know how many people will actually, you know, benefit because there will be very few people that qualify. You know, they're going to wave a flag about how great we are. Look what we did. But there's going to be very few people that actually qualify for the benefit. I would I would imagine. I'd be shocked if it's if it's uh, a lot of people. I really would be. It, uh, it's interesting. And, and kudos for them to try for trying because they've got an abortion ban in Georgia. You bet. Uh, a, 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 the exception is in the very, very early, like, few weeks mm-hmm. um, of pregnancy. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but um, so I don't know if that's their answer yeah. to the abortion. So We will follow it. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. Coming up later this morning, also, we've got um, a Shreveport Fire Chief. Clarence Reese Jr. Mm-hmm. going to join us in studio. We haven't uh, spoken with him uh, in a while. It's been a minute. Looking forward to see, uh, seeing him again. Also, uh, John Fleming State is running for state treasurer. Yes. And we'll talk to him later this morning. Mike and McCarty, 1017 F. One seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. By the way, look what I got. Yeah, how long did that take? It it, it, it only took about an hour. Okay. I, yeah, I got my phone back. What um, had happened? Well, I think when I dropped it, when I was getting your coffee. I mean, when I was getting <laughs> coffee, it hit. I mean, I've got this nice. I mean, I got a. They, they say it's military grade you know mm-hmm. protection on my phone this case drop but it hit flat it didn't even bounce it just bam wow and uh i it must have just hit just right because the phone was still working but my screen kind of died was it on warrant in the warranty still yes oh good i have okay. the apple care yeah I, I went okay. ahead and did it this time okay I, you you spend a number of dollars right. on, a, on an iphone i thought you know what i'm gonna protect it mm-hmm. and uh yeah i Thomas Avalone, who's Lewis's brother. Yeah, got you hooked up. Max Centric. I mm-hmm. took it over there, and he said, if you go to the AT&T store, they're just going to send you here. Yeah, right. So they're the uh, service, pro- and they mm-hmm. did a great job. And that is so, so cool. I know. I was so excited to get my You feel naked without your phone. Aaron, it's kind of scary. It, it really is. I mean, is. honestly, it's mm-hmm. kind of, I couldn't look at my schedule. You got I had shakes? sessions. <laughs> I started <laughs> drinking heavily. Yes. <laughs> I saw you ordering something on the phone, on somebody else's phone. Like, I was, uh, can I get this? It was scratchy mark. Can I see your yeah. phone? Let me see your phone. <laughs> it's very weird. Uh, Micah McCarty, uh, yeah, we had a message on the, talking about the uh, the program in Georgia, uh, about oh, you have to make less than $700, uh, $84 a mm-hmm. month. So he says, why is someone only making $700 a month having kids? Mm. You can't say that. No. They, they <laughs> things happen. There's also a vote in uh, Oklahoma that was interesting. We'll talk about that mm-hmm. after the break. Micah McCarty, 1017 FM.
1017 FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Uh, Oklahoma voters say no to recreational marijuana, mm-hmm. which is interesting because we have a proposition in, in front of uh, Louisiana, Louisiana legislators uh, trying to legalize recreational marijuana. Now, when you and I were talking about this, was it earlier this week, last week? This week, yeah. Would, uh, Candace you were saying that you didn't think it had much of a chance anyway. She's tried before. I don't think it'll pass. I, I really don't. I don't think it'll pass, especially it's an election year for all those lawmakers. Right. Um, they're going to get some outcry. I mean, the, the, the outcry in Oklahoma that killed it was a late blitz from faith leaders. All the churches came out and said, no, nah, this is not, I say all, a ton of churches came right, out, ran right. a campaign, and essentially killed it. And you also had law enforcement and prosecutors fighting it. So you had, you know, the, the, the three biggies in terms of the political world fighting it. I don't think our lawmakers will move forward with this when you've got an election year in front of you and you've got all these big groups opposing you. Right. You know, uh, I'd this be surprised. Is, this is another one where we're not we're not you know trying to reinvent the wheel. Other states have already done this, so let's look at what what the other states have done, and let's look at the ramifications of that. Mm-hmm. If Colorado is one, how many states have have legalized recreational mar- marijuana? Oh, several. I, I I mean, just off the top of my head, I can think of five, but. I know there's more than that. Mm-hmm. There are there are several, and there are others that are working on it too. I mean, right. we had the Oklahoma one pending. There are others that are pending. Um, to and I don't know. We forgot to ask Miss Newell, and we'll so which means we'll have to have another convo. Does her measure call for a vote of the people and a lawmaker who's listening? Let me know. Uh, I didn't see it in her legislation. I think it you know calls on lawmakers to pass it. Now, would it also involve a vote of the people like in Oklahoma, or could they just pass it and then it's legal? I'm not sure. You know, I don't know. Okay. You said, when you said a vote, you meant putting a vote to the people, because we talked about this a little bit off, right. off, off the air. I thought you meant a vote in Congress. Oh, the legislature. In the legislation. Oh, yeah, they got to vote there, obviously. Yes, okay. okay. But I'm, I wonder, but I, yeah, I wonder if people. her measure uh, sends it to the people for a vote. So that it, that if it even, and, and, if, and if that were the case, then it's an easy pass in the legislature. You mm-hmm. know, pass it, let us decide. Right. You know, let right. the voters decide. But her, I didn't see that verbiage in her bill. It looked like lawmakers would decide it. And in an election year, in Louisiana, I don't see that happening. There, I'd be surprised. There are other states, according to this report, uh, Arkansas, North Dakota, South Dakota, you know, which are conservative states, have rejected the legalization also. Mm-hmm. Don't think it happens in Louisiana. I, you know, if it went to the vote of the people, though, I mean, if you look at the Keel poll, if you just go on keelnews.com and search marijuana, it'll be the first story you come to. The Keel poll, 92% of the people who've taken our poll, and there have been hundreds of people to take the poll, mm-hmm. support recreational marijuana. I mean, 92%. <laughs> uh, six, six or 7% are um, no, right. and the rest are undecided. A small percent are undecided, but 92% support it. So if it went to the people in Louisiana, I'd be really surprised if it didn't pass. But again, 
the same thing was thought in Oklahoma, but they had this late push mm-hmm. by uh, faith leaders and law enforcement and prosecutors who said they no, they didn't want it to happen. Could lead to other problems. I'd be interested in seeing studies of states who have, mm-hmm. and what what is you know what are their thoughts after having done it now? Yeah, after having done it, you know, some time in in the books. Do, are they dealing with issues they weren't dealing with before? Yes. Uh, I heard reports about productivity issues in in Colorado, mm-hmm. and and you know, so it'd be interesting to find out. And and is it like drinking? Yeah. You know, can you you can't go to work under the influence? No, you absolutely cannot. Absolutely no. So let, let's look and see what other states have done mm-hmm. and find out. Uh, coming up just after the 7 o'clock, uh, John Fleming going to join us with Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Key. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Well, you had to have been disappointed yesterday with the news in the governor's race. Mm-hmm. Your, your boy decided not to run. Yeah, Garrett Graves. Yeah, senator, such a cr- congressman. <laughs> That's what I said, congressman. <laughs> I have a, such a crush on him. I know, such a crush. Just, he's not running for governor. He's going to stay in Congress and f- and fight for us in Congress. He said the best resources that he you know he can have is is continuing the job that he's doing now mm-hmm. and building upon his successes in, yeah. in Congress. So my biggest you know my biggest regret of this radio thing was the day that I went on a tirade about having a crush on him. And how, and I guess Congressman Mike Johnson was listening, I suppose, and was something about chopped liver came up. And I said, but no, I want Mike Johnson on my kickball team, but I want Garrett Graves, you know, you know, for, for, for the, for the, you know, he, he's the, he's the sex appeal to the team. But I want Mike Johnson to be on my kickball team. I have a crush on him. I really do. (laughs) Okay. And I think he knows it. I think that he's been told. Um, I think Mike got offended that, you know, his feelings were hurt that I only wanted him for my kickball team. You know, if I was putting together a list of, you know. I don't know what to say to that. High profile. And I would have wanted Adrian Perkins on my kickball team, too. I mean, you know, I think he's pretty athletically gifted. That would have been good. I'd had a good team set up. Mike Johnson, pretty athletically gifted. But that's not what I want Garrett Graves for. And I, I think I hurt Mike's feelings. I'm, you know, so I regret that. I, you know, if I had to say one of my regrets, it was saying Mike's only good for my kickball team. No, he's and he's cute. I think Mike Johnson's very cute. But he doesn't like that word either. Stop calling me cute. <laughs> He's a congressman. He's very this handsome. This conversation took a turn, yeah, didn't I'm it? Sorry. It's not where I was going at all. I'm sorry. Okay, go where you would go. Wasn't expecting bow, chicka, bow, bow, <laughs> when I mentioned U.S. congressman. He's hot, man. Okay, he's a handsome man. I'm not arguing that. I'm sorry. This is offensive. If, if you were doing that about a, a Sharon Hewitt, I would say, that's offensive. You have to stop that. That's rude. 
and here you are. <laughs> and here I am, exactly. I'm sorry. Uh, I think Sharon Hewitt is a very attractive candidate, mm-hmm. and I don't mean that way, but I, I really like what I'm, every time I hear her talk, uh, yes. I really, I, I, I like her mm-hmm. as far as a candidate for governor. Still haven't heard from Wags, Stephen Wagesback, head of lobby, uh, texted him yesterday and uh, haven't heard a response yet. I'm waiting to hear. But he's expected to be in, isn't expected he? Expected to announce tomorrow, so I'll need to make a call to him and see if he picks up the phone. You know, I'm not sure. I, I think the text of WT whatever was not quite appropriate. I probably should have texted him something different. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll we'll chat with him. I mean, he's been a, a friend of the show for many years, so sure. I'm sure he wants to. You know, once he's announced, I'm sure he's going to be a regular guest. And I, I heard uh, Lewis and Stephen Parr on American Ground Radio last night talking to Sharon Hewitt also mm-hmm. and and talking about the the heavy field of republicans yes and she was like yeah of course what's she going to say you right because right. the the phrasing was shouldn't we rally around one candidate like the democrats have apparently done and but she said you know everybody brings their own ideas and their own yes you know it's it's exciting to have that those choices who can you pick who can you put your faith behind that you think will do with government what you think is best that's where you got to be state treasurer candidate dr john fleming going to join us just after the local news mike and mccarty 1017 f one oh one seven fm 710 keel mike and mccarty and on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, Dr. John Fleming is joining us. Dr. Fleming, good morning, sir. Uh, good morning. It's Thank a you. great Wednesday morning. Thank it it is. Now. Thank you for uh, for your time this morning. Uh, you made a, a major announcement yesterday. Was it yesterday? That you, you it was are, yesterday. You are seeking yes. a Schroeder's seat. He's, of course, uh, in the governor's going to run for governor. So tell us about uh, your announcement. Yes. Uh, well, as, as you may know, and I know Aaron knows because we've known each other for years, I served eight years in Congress mm-hmm. and then uh, four years appointed in the uh, Trump administration, including leading the Economic Development Administration and then on to the White House. I served in the West Wing in the last year of the Trump administration as a senior advisor to the president. And so uh, I want to bring all of those years of private sector business creation and job creation, uh, as well as my service in government and the military, uh, to what is really an increasingly important office, and that's Louisiana State Treasurer. And here's why it's important. there's more and more pressure on states now to uh, divert their investments into these worthless uh, Green Deal kind of investments where the returns are low. And in fact, there's a Democrat who's announced for this seat as well, who is already out front saying that's precisely what he wants to do. So I do think that this is more than just a bean counter job. I think it has a lot to do with safeguarding uh, the citizens' money. And it also has to do with leadership in Baton Rouge to get Louisiana out of 50th place among states when it comes to the economy. We need to bring jobs and companies back and keep the ones we have. So for that reason, I'm I'm very, uh, very interested and highly motivated to serve in that capacity. 
Dr. Fleming, you also Dr. would be in charge of the state bond commission as state treasurer. And there's a lot of discussion I hear. I just heard it again yesterday from a friend of mine who's um, well connected in Baton Rouge. Who, who says, you know, you guys really need to, to, to admit it and realize that, you know, folks down here in Baton Rouge and New Orleans don't really care about North Louisiana. And we hear that so often. Mm-hmm. And in charge of the Bond Commission, you could help push through or at least ease the pathway for projects that are important to us in North Louisiana. You pledge that, I assume, today, correct? Well, yes. Uh, first of all, uh, Louisiana is losing population, and where is it losing it? It's losing it in North Louisiana. Uh, North Louisiana is hurting the most from the uh, economy. It's forgotten about. There hasn't been a statewide elected official from Louisiana, of North Louisiana, uh, in decades. We go back to Buddy Romer mm-hmm. uh, when he was elected governor. That's how long it's been. So, yes, we need someone who's willing to serve the interest of all uh, citizens of Louisiana, not just uh, south of I-10. There's also concern that you you don't have the name recognition needed south of here. How how do you uh, fight that? Um, Actually, I've proven that not to be correct. As you may recall, that after serving in Congress, I ran for Senate, mm-hmm. uh, raised $4 million, and campaigned across the state, mostly in the South. And so polls show that my residual name ID is as high in Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and New Orleans uh, as it is in Shreveport and uh, Monroe. So, no, my name ID, and, and I ha- have the highest name ID of any candidate in this race. Uh, so... I'm I'm in the lead, and I've I've, I've published that that uh, that poll, so anybody's welcome to see it for themselves. The state treasurer's office has also been criticized a little bit in in the why do we need a state treasurer? That I guess that's the the biggest criticism I hear. Uh, is it important? Well, yeah, well, of course it's important because we're talking about. Uh, billions of dollars that have to be managed and properly managed and it's not just uh, taxpayer money it's also pension funds and uh, you know if you just simply put dollars into an account especially nowadays with high inflationary rates then the money value goes down over time it's it's like someone stealing your money uh, inflation so uh, what you want is someone who properly but safely invested in things that will uh, continue to grow with inflation, if not hopefully faster than inflation going forward. One last thing, Congressman, I'm going to forever call you Congressman. I apologize, (laughs) Dr. Fleming. Uh, Fiscal experience. I mean, what is your background with regard to to money? I know you've run successful businesses because I've called you late at night because my sandwich wasn't right. I'm sorry. Apologize about that. I still can't believe she did that. I'm sorry. Well, wait, yes, I yes, can. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 Aaron, admit it. I always respond. I make sure you get a good sandwich. Yeah, you do. You do. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Your fiscal background. Yeah. Uh, well, um, I started, yeah, of course, I'm a, a practicing physician and still practice from time to time. I have a medical practice. But back in the 80s, I started businesses. I opened the first subway franchise in North Louisiana. Uh, we've grown to well over 30 
and uh, continue to operate, and we still employ over 350 fine Louisiana people. So, <clears throat> I, you know, that's where the, the public s- sector uh, meets the, the private sector, where I've had to make budgets, I've had to make payrolls, and I've been through, through some tough times as many business owners have, where, you know, it's Thursday, and you got to meet a Friday payroll, and you don't have enough money in your account. How do you fix that? These are the kind of things that real-world Americans and real-world Louisiana deal with every day. Mm-hmm. Congressman John Fleming, candidate for state treasurer, thanks for your time. I know we'll talk again soon, and appreciate it. Great. Thank you all so much. You bet. Thank you, Dr. Fleming. 101.7 FM, 710 Keel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCurney, Clarence Reese Jr., Shreveport Fire Chief joining us coming up at seven forty this morning. Is it seven forty? It's not seven forty yet. No, it's not. Seven twenty five, partly cloudy, <laughs> is sixty two degrees in Shreveport. Actually I don't know oh, what the temperature man. is. Wow. Um I I was looking yesterday and Okay, they had, by the way, let me mm-hmm. state I I'm sorry. I don't oh. mean to interrupt. I don't like doing this. Okay, you're Ruben's kicked back. He's got his feet up. He's going yeah. to be gone tomorrow and Friday mm-hmm. and Monday. They, that inconsiderate bastard. He, um, he's on the mac and cheese tour. <laughs> which, by the way, sounds pretty awesome. I know. So I'm, I'm running the board. Mm-hmm. And normally, I'm, like I say, and I've said this before, I've been on radio 40 years. Yeah. Running the board is not, a, not an issue for me. No. Generally. This is not like anything I've ever seen. This is a d- different ball game. It's a different beast. It Way really different beast. You've, it's, Don't like doing it. I'm glad you're doing it, not me. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's a mess. When you hear dead air, or you hear two or three things running at once, mm-hmm. or yeah, yeah it's yeah. my ignorant behind. Huh. Well, I, I I was looking at a lot of folks. There's been a lot of attention on what's going on in downtown Shreveport. And I was looking at, they had a pretty good turnout at the meeting yesterday that they had at um, Central Station, which is uh, SRAC now, had a big meeting at 530 where they were talking about the plan for the old Jody Wagner building on Fannin Street, which has been vacant for, gosh, I think 20 years or better. Um, There was a plan for Louisiana College to put a law school there, and they paid 400 grand for the building, I think. but that didn't work out. There was too much asbestos abatement they had to do that was going to be too pricey. Did they get their four hundred grand back? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not sure what the status of that is. But I do know that the state came in and they and and be honest, I had talked to the state head of the buildings department way back. And when they were talking about, remember when they they had the big plan for the Cross Bayou project. Oh, yeah. And Larry English and his group, they were going to bring in, you know, big developments along the riverfront. And they and the state office building was part of that plan. Like we want to relocate the state office building here. Um, And that plan didn't go very far at all. They had no commitment from the state to build a brand new building. But I was talking to the people at the state and said, look, you're you're continuing to pump hundreds of thousands of dollars into that old building. And if you're going to relocate, 
stop doing that and and let's invest the money and let's move it let's right, get it moved right and they were planning on spending another million dollars on that building well they had to because they didn't have an option now and you need ac and heating and you need you know you need the walls not crumbling down mm-hmm. but now we have moved we have made the decision the state has bought that old building on fannin and from what it sounds like yesterday, you heard him. I mean, they're gutting it all the way back to the concrete. Well, when he said that, taking it down to the foundation, I thought, mm-hmm. well, they're just tearing the entire build, raising the building. No. But they're not doing that. They're going back to the concrete in the building. So, they're, so you know, all the sheetrock, yeah. drywall, wood, everything else, metal and concrete. Flooring, all that's to. coming out. Yeah. And then they're going to rebuild it back up and make it. You know, usable just like the state needs it. So you might not need it in the configuration that it's in now. So when you raise it back to the to the concrete, you can kind of build it like you want it. Mm-hmm. And it won't. And it kind of is new construction, but it's not. But when you're talking about hundreds of state workers, who are most of them are pretty well paid. They are local folks. Now, did he say they're tearing down the parking garage? They are tearing down the parking garage. I guess they're going to make way for a new one. Build a new one? I would imagine they're going to build a new Gotta parking. Got to have parking. Yeah. Hundreds of new workers. You're going to have to have parking for them. And that'll be part of this deal. Uh, again, I don't think it'll be ready for move-in until 2025, maybe 2026. Yeah, he said a mm-hmm. three-year project. So it's going to be a little while before yeah. it'll be ready. But it really will change. Because there's going to be people that are going to decide, you know what, I want to live downtown. I might want to. Sure. Li- I might want to live near where I work. So let's see what's available downtown. And we have some really beautiful condos downtown that mm-hmm. are, you know, in the three hundred grand range. And there's some beautiful spots. And these folks may decide I'm going to live downtown. So guess what? That then attracts other businesses. Well, absolutely. And uh, we just had Dr. Fleming on. Maybe we can get a subway downtown again. Oh. <laughs> I like that too. I like that idea. I think the one on Texas Street did did that one close. I think it did. Somebody can correct me. Yeah. I, I I don't think it's open anymore. I may be wrong. I'm not sure about that. But yeah. I, but I'm looking forward to the the a big influx of of people in downtown Shreveport. I think I'm it's going to be great. Yes, big time. Shreveport Fire Chief Clarence Reese going to join us uh, at 7:40. Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM, 7:10 Keel. What was that? What happened? <laughs> See, I told you three things playing at once. <laughs> oh my goodness! And then Reuben walked out of the room. Yeah. When <laughs> when it all went to hell. That's okay. You'll be all right. One zero one seven. No, I. I one zero one seven FM seven ten Keo Mike and McCarty. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm behind Embrace the, the board. suck. <laughs> Who says that? Is that the Navy Seals? <laughs> Embrace the embrace the suck. I'm like I'm like Nate Bargatze. Nate Bargatze was in his concert that we went to the other day. Or no, was, this was his uh, uh, Amazon Prime special. He talked about being raised by his Christian parents, and he said, "I don't even say the word suck." He really? Said, when I was growing up, that was a dir- that was a dirty word, mm-hmm. and he said, you know. This sucks or something. He goes that I I, I don't even say that. So, <laughs> so 
somebody I kind of feel that way. Yeah, yeah. We, we, uh, you just have to, uh, sometimes when you do things that are not in your comfort zone, you have like to just running for, the board. You just have to forget about all the negative and go, you know what? There are going to be things that screw up, but I'm going to embrace it and every day I'm going to get better at it. Well, now, last time I did this, which was a long time ago, feels mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Ruben was out. Well, I guess he was vacation. Something, yeah. It but was you like have to give him time off. Yeah, I know. Every now and then. I know. He has to have a break every now and then. Um, it did. I did get a. I did get a kind of a routine. I mean, I got got the you feel get, of it. You'll get better at it every day. Yeah. You'll it's be great at it by initial. the last day. <laughs> First couple of days in, in really the, suck. In theater, especially yeah. local theater, you have a two week run. Right. You know, you rehearse for weeks and weeks, mm-hmm. and then you you have opening night. Yeah. And it goes. You know, goes. It, it falls into place. Right. And then by the second weekend, it's like, okay. We've developed our characters. Mm-hmm. We've got our cute. Yeah. Now we're ready to open. We're ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> so that's about the time I'm comfortable. That's uh, that's when Ruben will be back. Yeah, exactly. Which I'm glad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fire Chief uh, Clarence Reese Jr. going to be joining us in studio, and uh, hopefully he brought biscuits. One hundred one seven FM seven ten Kio. Seven FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. In studio with us, Shreveport Fire Chief Clarence Reese Jr. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, Mike and Aaron. That's my radio voice. <laughs> I, 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 I was wondering what, what was going on here. He doesn't normally sound like that. We're professional <laughs> announcers, Chief. You need to talk normally. <laughs> my fire chief voice, I got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we want to start first because we had a tragedy this week. We had a, a fatal fire in our community. An elderly woman apparently died in a fire. Um, there's not much information you know about it yet, I guess. I mean, y'all are still investigating. Any details yet? Right. So our fire uh, fire investigators and also anytime there's a fire fatality, we call in the state fire marshal. So we have right now four investigators that are working on that uh but uh, we do send our condolences to that family i actually know the family I actually went to ch- go to church with the family mm-hmm. uh so i was called by the family while i was at a uh, uh at a house party so the more you do in the community of course the more you, people you know uh but very tragic scene uh it's important to make sure that you have smoke detectors we have a free program that uh provides the smoke detector we are we install them also uh simply by calling our fire prevention number 318-673-6740 uh, and fire smoke alarms save lives and also escape plans and also paying attention to your neighbors. This mm-hmm. uh, this elderly female was uh, disabled, used a walker to get around. So just paying attention to your neighbors, uh, checking on them frequently uh, goes a long way. Now, the report said she was unable to get out of the house. Is uh, that correct? That is correct. She did yeah. make an attempt to, uh, to get out of that home oh, uh, and was uh, overtaken by smoke and then, of course, uh, by fire. The, the free smoke alarm program is people so many people don't know about it chief and they installed one at my house it was really quick you just call a number they'll schedule a time and they told me those smoke alarms are like good for 10 years i don't have to mess with it absolutely uh, all we ask you to do is at the same time just because it's uh, something we've always been taught is to just go ahead and hit the test button every time the cl- uh, every time time changes but yeah that is a 10-year uh, hassle-free smoke alarm 
Mm-hmm. Time changes this weekend, so I'll test it and make sure it works. Please do. And now, now, how do people find out about that if they want to? If they would like sure. more information, our fire prevention office three one eight six seven three six seven four zero, and they send out a list after they put their name on the list. You must be a resident in the city of Shreveport uh, for us to, for you to participate in this program. And then we send out uh, fire trucks. Sometimes it's fire prevention officers. I've done several of them. Sometimes we even do blitz uh, mm-hmm. on weekends where we just go door to door. Is there a financial requirement of that, or just anybody can take advantage? I mean, of I got this? one. Anybody can take yeah. uh, advantage. Well, if you of got that. one, Jesus, then yes. he's I, a six figure. Yeah, <laughs> hey, I can, hey, hey, I hey, can hey. get one. My golly, Chief! I wanted to ask you. Uh, Chief Wayne Smith is in on the air with us very often, and and we I'm sorry we neglect to get you in as well, but um, he is really short staffed i think over 130 is it a problem in the fire service now too it is a problem within the fire service we're not as short as the police department right now we're roughly about 35 fighters down and we have about 25 fighters leaving at the end of this year so by the end of this year uh we're looking at 55 fighters however wow. we plan on hiring a class of 30 with uh mid-year so somewhere around june july august we'll be hiring 30 uh, right now, we're just playing catch up. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a lot of unexpected, uh, unexpected uh, departures with the department. Uh, they're going to Texas. Uh, they're just retiring. They're finally fed up with public service, whatever the case is. But we have a lot of departures that we that we don't account for. Or we can't account for until they actually leave. Requirements to get into the fire academy. What are what are the minimums? 18 years old, uh, mm-hmm. felony free. Uh, there's on our website. You will find all of the disqualifiers. Uh, of course, we're trying to find the best of the best, um, but we have roughly right now we have 59 applicants that are in the um, 59 applicants that we're looking at right now. Uh, when I came through and many of the other people 20 years ago, 15 years ago, it was 300 applicants mm. that were signing up to take the civil service test. Uh, uh, again, public service is just not something that everybody is running to uh, anymore. We're trying to figure out why. Back, oh gosh, mid 80s. I took the civil service exam mm-hmm. for the fire department. I had several friends. Uh, of course, I knew Chief Dallas Green and uh, uh, Chief Hall. I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember. Absolutely. You know, his son, John, was yes. a good friend of mine, went to high school with, and I wanted to get on the fire department. Uh, I hung out at station number eight mm-hmm. on the fairgrounds. Oh, man. And uh, did well on the civil service exam, but they had a hiring freeze. Absolutely. And we've and, had those before. And, I mean, uh, it... it it was it went so long i had to move on you know but uh yeah i wanted to get on the fire department hmm. uh, you'd have made an excellent po and in mid 80s i was five years old i would have hired you but I'm just <laughs> <laughs> so what about now i'd have to shave uh, wouldn't yeah. i yeah <laughs> and shave yeah. about 100 pounds <laughs> what what is new in fire service when you first sat down you said y'all are now using drones uh correct. how so uh correct we have three drones that was provided by a grant from homeland security um, right now, but we can tell from a lot of the high-rise buildings, uh, we really noticed it on that Texas Street Fire. It would have been great. We put up a drone, but it didn't have the capabilities of that thermal. Uh, but now we have thermal drones, uh, excellent for search and rescue. We'll be using them on, uh, using them on deployments when we deploy to hurricanes, uh, tornadoes. Uh, we used it during the uh, small tornado last week mm-hmm. uh, and just kind of did a survey of some of the roofs, some of the damage in uh, those areas. But again, for missing yesterday, we were about to deploy them for the missing child oh, wow. uh, over in the Southern Hills area. Mm-hmm. But a lot of uses for drones within the fire service. And we're uh, qualifying, uh, excuse me, qualifying some of the uh, drone pilots right now 
to uh, start really using them, you'll see them a lot more. A lot of people don't realize you have to be licensed to fly a drone. Mm -hmm. yeah, you can't just go buy one and take off with it. Correct. Unless you're using it for uh, recreational purposes, but these are, this is for business and commercial, so mm -hmm. uh, it does require you to take a test. $175, uh, $175 test. Oh, wow. Uh, also, looking for boats. Right now, we are. Uh, I'm going to be uh, reaching out to some of our uh, politicians. Uh, about some of the state surplus and just see if they're willing to uh, 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 give some money for right now we're in dire need of a rescue boat uh, for the last two or three we've had to use citizens boats uh, graciously mm. I guess you you know kind of like that old police guy I'm commandeering your boat you yeah <laughs> right exactly uh, but it's it's worked out for us but we really want to look at uh, a rescue boat now Chief Clarence Reese Jr. thanks for coming in we hope you'll do it again soon absolutely thank y'all for having me you thank bet. you sir One One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel. Mike and McCarty. I, I will say we have a, a message on our Shreveport Security Systems message board regarding our um, rather disturbing conversation earlier, your crush on Garrett Graves. I'm sorry, yeah. And you <laughs> I apologize. And, you, and your offense to Mike Johnson that he yeah. was offended, but mm -hmm. you said you wanted him on your softball, kickball kick, kickball team. Yes, yes. And that you wanted Adrian Perkins on your kickball team. Yeah, I wouldn't. Team. I think he's pretty athletic. I wouldn't mind. I've seen him play football. He's pretty athletic. <laughs> BL said Perkins on your kickball team. He'd foul out every time with that stub toe of his. Oh, 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 oh. Not nice. Be nice, folks. Oh, man. I, I was working on something yesterday because I got a, um, I've been eating a lot of blueberries and blackberries and, you know, fresh fruits. And I decided that I'm going to, because of a nutritionist who told me, said, you if you if you're liking if you're eating you know just fresh fruits get mason jars and put them in mason jars they last a lot longer boy is that the truth no what do you Fruit, mean just take them and buy them in a jar or no i buy them and then i put them in a mason jar and seal them and put oh, them so in the like, fridge like in the little basket that they're in in the grocery store yeah don't store. leave those little baskets in your fridge they okay. go bad so much quicker i have blueberries blackberries for th three four weeks now i like the flavor of blueberries mm -hmm. it's the texture it's when you Pop it in your mouth, and I don't know. There's something about biting it, and it's just disturbing. I love to me. them, and so then I was starting to look. I'm like, well, you know, sometimes you can find great deals on them, but sometimes they're expensive. So then I started looking. Well, where can you? It's not time yet, but pretty soon it'll be time where you can go pick your own. And I, so you can see at keelnews.com, there are a ton of those farms around our area where you can go pick your own. You can pick your own strawberries peaches black there's a lot of blackberry and blueberry farms but i remember as about a 12 year old child i don't know if you've ever done this or not um when you go with a relative or family member and you go pick and i went with my aunt bell her name was isabel's but we called her bell i went with aunt bell in the town of sunset louisiana oh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. and we went to pick strawberries that's in tangipahoe parish and the, the strawberry capital of the state, I mean, the strawberries there are the best. It was a lot of work. The <laughs> strawberry bushes are, you know, low to the ground. They're down low. So your squad, she was probably 75 when we went. Maybe not quite that old, but she was 
uh, elderly woman when we went. She outpicked my behind by a mile. And it felt like it in my piece that I wrote, it felt like we were there all day. Right. We were probably there an hour and a half and probably got three gallons of strawberries. I don't know. But I'm telling you, it is an outing that is well worth it. And what? if you're looking for a place to go, they're all over the area. You, you, you say that you, you, you remember being there for an hour. When I was growing up, my grandparents, we had a place. They had a place out in the country between mm-hmm. Minden and Homer. And, I mean, this was the country. Yeah. And my grandfather had a garden. And he tilled that thing up, and that garden, Aaron, was, I, I swear, the size of a football field. Mm-hmm. Okay? It was huge. And he'd plant potatoes, mostly. Yes. So, and then when the potatoes, he'd go plow them all up, and we'd have to go pick the And you don't pick potatoes. You, you pull them out of the dirt, right. basically. Right. Yeah, like carrots. As an adult, I went back to that, that place, the country place. My mm-hmm. grandparents are gone. Uh, it's all grown up. And the garden patch is still open. Aaron, it's about 20 by 30 feet. I know. <laughs> you thought it was a football field when you were a kid. Went, Wait, this is, this is it? Yeah. There's, this thing yeah. was huge when we were little. There is nothing better than, and I'm a big, you know, I'm a farmer's market person too. I love going down to that place in Cachetta where they have, I mean, they have the fresh tomatoes that are the yes. size of your head. Yes. And when you slice them and put them on a, you know, BLT, OMG, I don't even, and I'm, I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. I don't even need the bacon. No. You could, you you could ixnay on the bacon almost because those tomatoes are so good. Did I just say tomatoes? <laughs> they are so good. Well, you, you said Tangipahoa Parish, too. So, Well, that's what it is. <laughs> it is. Isn't it Tangipahoa? No. It, you ain't from there if you say hoa. Okay, well, that's what I'm asking. Okay, <laughs> there you go. I lived that's up like there for a people year. People that say Bagier City. Well, you ain't yeah. from around here, are you? Yeah, or, or Jordan Street. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> you ain't from around here. That's was just the way it goes. In Shepherd Sanatorium. <laughs> Were you? In, yes, 1961. Uh-huh. Shepherd Sanatorium. Doggone. I have to clarify that. 1017 <laughs> FM, 710 Kiel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keo Mike and McCarty. Is it Friday yet? Not quite. Wait, wait, is it Tuesday yet? That's what I'm looking for at this point. <laughs> yeah. Is it Tuesday yet? Ruben Ruben's gone he's gonna be gone tomorrow through Monday. Um and, I now Ruben, look, he, he he's earned it, dead gummit. Mm-hmm. And and sitting over here, yeah. He, but, but it's second nature to him. I know. I it's, mean this is it's like riding a bike for him, and you're in charge of it now. And and he's going on a a, a mac and cheese tour is what yeah. he's doing. Uh, so we were gonna go to a lacrosse thing with my kid in New Orleans, but mm-hmm. that that ended up not being a thing anymore. So we had all this time off, and Lauren was talking to a friend of hers in Waco, who uh, some wacko from Waco, <laughs> uh, who informed her that they have like a mac and cheese centric restaurant. Oh, boy. And that was reason enough for her to go, you know what? Let's go to Waco instead. <laughs> and now you found out there's like three other mac and cheese restaurants in yeah, the area. There's two, there's two mac and cheese physical restaurants in downtown Waco, like mac and cheese centric restaurants mm-hmm. and one mac and cheese food truck that rides around downtown. So y'all are just going to 
gorge on mac and cheese. I think we're going to have to try all three and try and find any uh, any on the way back. Maybe Tyler has one. I don't know. Okay, you got to you, you got to take pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You got to you know, we want to know. I, and I'm really angry with you and your wife because uh, as I got home yesterday, I had to have mac and cheese because of you, <laughs> which is not really supposed to be what on my lunch diet no so i had to I, I literally had one box left in my pants so you made it you didn't go someplace oh no I, where would you go i here? was just going to ask is there some place in town maybe somebody will let us know i'm is sure there... there's places that have amazing mac and cheese but not a mac and cheese restaurant yeah specifically. no we don't have i mean you can get it at kfc it's pretty decent the kroger on Uri drive used to have a cook who could make mac and cheese was the bomb. Okay. But I think they changed that person out. The last time I went, it wasn't the same. If you go to the deli at the the Brookshire's, the Gucci Brookshire's mm-hmm. online, that's good stuff there. Is it? That fried chicken. Oh, my gosh. See, I'm... I'm There's not I'm, a commercial for... I'm, I'm wanting the mac and but... cheese, and, I, and he's got me... You know, and now I don't have any at home. Now, I can make a mean homemade mac and cheese but it's a lot of work i mean because i want to grate the cheese i don't want to get it already pre-grated because they'll tell you that if you get the pre-grated cheese it's got some wood chip particles or whatever it's to to keep the cheese from clumping together to keep it individually Mm -hmm. shredded it's wax it's basically some kind of wax dust so i like to grate my own cheese which is time consuming and it's a little bit of work i didn't make i did not make my sausage balls last weekend you did but you were going to try something new i know did you say yeah i sent you the the what was that garlic cheese bisquick really yeah i'm excited to try that i never and i got the hot sausage and a regular so i can oh man so wow wow that does sound like a game changer. Oh, that's right. Really yeah. Does. So so many people, I guess, were were trying to make the Cheddar Bay biscuits with Bisquick. That Bisquick was like, why don't why don't we just put everything together? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, maybe that's what it is. That's got to be it. It's the Cheddar Bay biscuits. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Definitely. Dog. So I'm gonna have Cheddar Bay sausage balls. I'm doing it this weekend. No wow. race this weekend, but I'm gonna. The wife's going out of town, so, so batching it. I'm batching it. So okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna do. Uh, I, yeah. Dead gummit. Oh, boy. When we get back, I want to talk about uh, marijuana in the U.S., oh, legalization right. of marijuana. Yeah, we, I want to talk about that when we get back. Is that cool? Because there's a proposition here, uh, in Louisiana in front of the legislature to legalize recreational marijuana. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll talk about that. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Kiel. Cross your fingers. Does this play? Very. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. We're talking about legalization of marijuana, uh, especially now in Louisiana. It's a proposition or a uh, uh, it is a proposition. It's a bill. It's a mm-hmm. bill before mm-hmm. uh, the legislature. And uh, on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, Carl Townley, retired Caddo Parish Sheriff's deputy detective. Yes, worked in vice and, and narcotics for many, many years and kind of our expert on all things with regard to, to drug crimes, etc. It's good to have you back, my friend. Well, thank you. Good talking to you again. Miss y'all guys over there. I remember a conversation we had with you years ago about recreational marijuana and you said... Um, Carl, it, take, take us off speaker if you don't mind, yeah, if you sir. Can. Put, oh, I thought I got you. 
Speaker. There we go. You told us you told us you had uh, you had issues with recreational marijuana because it is a gateway drug. It does open a lot of other doors. Explain your big opposition to it. You've been kind of opposed to it for a long time, and a lot of law enforcement officers are. Yeah, exactly. You know, to me, it's a slippery slope. Uh, what are we going uh, to legalize next? I mean, methamphetamine, heroin. You know, I mean, it's. It's just crazy that we'd even think about that you could go to the store and legally just buy marijuana smoke. Now, medicinal marijuana, that's totally different. You know, that's a different animal to me. If it can help some people and you can get a prescription from a doctor, that, that's good. But as far as being able to be able to buy this over the counter, that's just crazy to me. Now, if, if it does become, say it is legal in, in, you know, Colorado now, do they go in, are there Packs. Of, I mean, this is showing my ignorance. Packs of marijuana cigarettes, like you buy a pack of Winston's or something, or do you buy the the bag and roll your own? How does that work? And most of the ones I've seen, the uh, the edibles or the actual like the the, the different bug of marijuana that you can take and you either roll it or put it in your pipe or however they want to do it. Like Carl, yeah, that is odd to think you could just go into a Circle mm, K and and do that. There are more than a exactly. dozen. There are more than a dozen states who now have legalized recreational marijuana, and there were some that say, you know, kind of the, the the horse is out of the barn. We just need to get on board and and start taxing it and letting the funds roll in because people, so many people are doing marijuana. That to you, you're you're you you sound like you would. That sounds like you're saying, oh, we're just giving up then. Exactly. And I have traveled, you know, especially extensively since I retired and do a lot of motorcycle trips. And I go to these states where they've legalized it and talk to people. You know, I talked to a guy one time at uh, McDonald's and uh, we I had an incident in there where a guy was getting kind of nutty in the back. He's a heroin addict. And, you know, I tossed him out of there and the manager came up to me and he showed me. He goes, look at this. He had a, a big sack. I mean, there's probably 200 people that he's banned. He said, this has only happened since we legalized marijuana. He said that the heroin addicts have gone crazy, influxing in there. The homeless is just nuts, he said, because of the legalization of marijuana. He said, we have just opened our doors. And he said, it's just crazy the way the, the you know, the homeless and the, they're, they're homeless by choice because they spend their money on dope. Carl Townley for Cattle retired Caterpillar Sheriff's detective. Carl, what do you say to those that go, look, it's not it's not a gateway drug. People do this every day and don't have issues. Um, what what do you say to that? Uh, I go by my experience. You know, I was working for the sheriff's office for thirty two years, and narcotics was the majority of my time. And I, you know, never ran into meth addicts or heroin addicts that you know automatically started on you know. It started on meth or heroin. They started on weed. And and we're seeing a lot of younger and younger kids smoking weed now too. I mean, those numbers are getting lower and lower every year. It seems. Is that true? It is, it is exactly true. It, it, you know, it's like you equate that to you know alcohol. Uh, you know, you you got alcohol around the house. I mean, kids are going to sample it. Same thing with you know if their parents are smoking weed. I mean, well, they, how are they going to tell the kids don't do that? You know, that's not good for you. And now, when you're sitting there doing it in front of, and it's, you have it, it's readily available. The easier it is to get, the, you know, the more the people are going to try it. Now, the, the measure in Oklahoma failed yesterday. Uh, 61% opposed recreational yes. marijuana. 
Um, and what happened was that, that a lot of uh, religious folks and, and a lot of law enforcement folks here in the last couple of weeks stepped up and said, this is not this is not a good idea. Do you anticipate that happening in Louisiana if, if it ever got to that? I hope so. I hope so. You know, I've always said that we would be one of the last states that would actually legalize marijuana down here. And you know, just because we're, you know, kind of in the Bible Belt and everything like that. And law enforcement has a, you know, a lot of uh, positioning power here when it comes to legislature and stuff like that. And I hope it stays that way. Well, Aaron, you pulled up a map earlier and, and you said the states that have not legalized it are all basically in the South. Yeah, in the, in the Bible Belt here in the South, there's a couple up, you know, in the, in the north central part of the country. But, you know, all the southern states have said no to recreational marijuana. I'm a little concerned. I mean, it's an election year. Uh, for state lawmakers, so I don't see it passing during an election year. I think this might be a real tough year to get it done. Would you agree, Carl? I do. I do. I agree because I mean you're going to sit there, especially down here where we have more conservative views. You know, you're going to you're going to go vote for the guy, the legislator that's you know sitting there smoking uh, you know weed around the table and say it's good for everybody to smoke dope. I don't think that's going to happen around here. Carl Townley, retired Caddo Parish deputy. Thanks for your time, my friend. You're very welcome, man. Y'all be careful. You Thank bet. Y'all. Thank you, Carl. 101.7 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Ow. 101.7 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Stop doing that, By the way, previous... Stations I've worked have, you know, it's all gone computer now. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, yeah. There's no, <laughs> there's back in the day when we used to queue up records. Had a turntable up in here. And we had two turntables in the studios, oh, yeah. you know. And then and then it went to cart machines. Mm-hmm. They looked like eight tracks, uh, but they had one element per cart. Right. Each commercial was on a cart. Yes. And you loaded up your cart machines. Mm-hmm. And 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 they had Q tones, so they'd fire off. Yeah. Well, then when it all went to computer, uh, every radio company kind of has their own program. Mm-hmm. They, I think, they're kind of proprietary sure. software programs that run the uh, run the system. The system. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had others that are better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna say. I have you seen Chris Rock's Netflix special yet? I have not. <gasps> I'm not going to spoil any of it, but at the end, the Will Smith bit, you got to see it. I mean, he just ripped Will Smith all up and down. There's no excuse for that. The funniest part of his whole bit for me was Meghan Markle. When he was talking about people that whine that don't need to be whining... She talked. He talked about you. Yes. You married into the jackpot family. Right. Well, you sure. need to zip it. And then complaining about the family is racist. And he said, "You married into the OG family of racists. You married into the royal family." He said, and I'm. Gonna, I think I'm going to quote him here now. You married into the Sugar Hill Gang of racists. <laughs> I laughed behind. He went, these people were 
colonization was what they start they live on they thrive and you're griping about marrying into the family because they're right you married you knew going in yeah this is this not is news. what you were getting this is hundreds of years of history and you now you're whining about it and you have whatever you want at your disposal at any time it was hilarious i mean the way he delivered it he was really good but at the end he does the Will Smith bit, and he calls Will Smith a witch with a B over and over and over again, and then poof, drops the mic and he's done. Um, there's parts of it that I cringed about um, with regard to abortion. I don't think he should have done that, but that's Chris Rock. That's who he is. I was highly offended. You will be highly offended, too. Um, but... The parts about Meghan Markle and Will Smith were brilliant. And and he talked a lot about his girls, which was really cool. He said, my girls are rich, and that's how they grew up. It's my fault. But, I mean, it, it's a really, it's well done. And his first, and he says, you're never going to see me on Oprah or Gail talking about Will Smith slapping me. That ain't going to happen. You know, and then he did it. He did his whole speech about Will Smith in the end. It Seinfeld was, had a great oh. line about being rich. He said he was, his kids said something he said his daughter goes asked for something and goes but dad we're rich mm -hmm. he goes no 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 i'm rich yeah how much money do you have right exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh, yeah that's a great point oh man yeah it's it's really good it's worth watching uh there's parts of it you're gonna cringe i'm just telling you ahead of time i uh, see it's hard for me to get past i know and we'll we'll see though i am mm -hmm. gonna have to try to check it out mm -hmm. because i, I do i do want to hear him rip will smith oh go right to the end the last five I minutes can't, I, yeah. I can't stand will smith anymore oh man yeah uh, unbelievable and he tells you how will smith's wife actually started the mess you'll you'll get the whole story yeah mike and mccarty 1017 fm 710 keel One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. Is it Friday? No, is it Tuesday? Uh, no, it's not. It's Ruben's Friday. He's gone it's tomorrow Ruben, through yeah. Monday. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Ruben, you're doing a mac and cheese tour yes. in Waco. Is that what you were saying? <laughs> um, <laughs> Waco known for their mac and cheese tours. Yeah. Uh, didn't know that. We, we did get a couple messages on the uh, Shreveport Security Systems message board uh, talking because we said, is there a place in town that does really good mac and cheese? Mm -hmm. um, Taster's Choice Catering. These are not commercials. I'm okay. just reading some of these messages. On Linwood, has the best mac and cheese anywhere. All right. They keep it in the freezer. Another one, there was a mac and cheese place out on Airline Drive a couple years ago. But they didn't last long, was in a small plaza, something mm -hmm. else there now. Yeah, I remember that place. It was open for a little while, and they did great grilled cheese sandwiches, too. Um, mac and cheese is okay. so good. Biggest comfort, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Meal. Oh, I'm going to do. Grilled cheese and tomato soup. Oh. When you are sick and home during the day. Oh, yeah. You know, mom fixed a grilled cheese sandwich mm -hmm. and tomato soup, and you so watched good. Price is Right. <laughs> 
Not with Drew like, Carey. I can't no, think of No, Bob Barker. Bob Barker. With that really long, skinny microphone uh-huh. that he had. Plinko. I got to see Plinko. Yeah. <laughs> Those were the best days. Absolutely. I got some text messages this morning because we were talking a little bit about the downtown uh, plan to move the state office building. And we were talking about the, uh, they are tearing down the parking garage of the old Jody Wagner building. And that's where they're going to move the state office building into that building once they refurb it. But the parking garage will be torn down and they're going to build a larger parking garage. This is from Cedric Glover. That is ADA compliant. And it'll be larger and it'll be reconfigured and it will also be available for the public for paid parking when not used during the weekday work hours. So a whole new parking garage is going in. But the whole thing is the whole state office building is moving from German right. Fairfield yeah. to the Fannin Street property. And uh, the state paid, I think, $1.7 million for the property. And they're going to refurbish it all the way back to the concrete, what yeah. he said, huh? They're basically starting, kind of like this building after the flood. Mm-hmm. They're, they're tearing out the floors. They're tearing out sheetrock and all the uh, wiring. And, and they're just basically going back to concrete and steel. Yes, and then, and then rebuilding from there. Rebuild it, and then all the state workers, uh, there are hundreds of them, will be moving into that facility. <clears throat> it looks like by twenty, the end of twenty twenty five is what we're targeting. Well, he, I think he said in the in when he talked to us yesterday, it was a three year project. Mm-hmm. So we're probably twenty twenty five, twenty twenty six is when it looks like they'll be moving, and that'll change the face of downtown considerably. Oh, absolutely, I, I'm I'm so excited about this. I think this is fantastic. Uh, we need to talk to Liz, mm-hmm, absolutely, and, 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 and see what what you know if there's news about. You know, like we said earlier, uh, we did talk to Dr. John Fleming, who who has started the subway franchises in locally mm-hmm. in Shreveport, and there was one downtown for a while. Uh, you know, but it's going to bring back restaurants downtown and and maybe even shopping and more uh residences yes downtown especially in that quarter that's the northwest side of downtown for the most part and there's not much over there there's not been you know when we talk about the development of residential area and businesses in downtown that section of downtown has not had anything like that so this will really be because those folks are going to want to walk to get lunch they're going to walk maybe want to walk to go get their hair done you know some things that they want to do downtown mm-hmm. and i think it'll be a really big deal for downtown to bring in hundreds of more workers and that's within a couple of blocks of government plaza too so it really is good news and and i'm excited to, to hear it i really am looking forward to it even the hall remember the hallmark shop on the corner oh there yes on Texas? You absolutely know, there was so much you could do and and so yeah, I'm excited that this is that this is happening. Uh, I, I I I've I've said for years, and I told Liz, a vibrant downtown. Uh, I, I think is vital to the to the health of a, of a city. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. And absolutely, it's huge news. Coming up tomorrow, we've got Superintendent of Schools for Caddo Parish, Dr. Lamar Gorey. They are making some changes in one district. Uh, to hopefully to improve the schools. We will have him joining us in the 8 o'clock hour. Shelly Ragel is joining us in the 7 o'clock hour. We're going to talk about the swimming pools and the plan for this year. We hope we do it better this year. And <laughs> Well, it she, couldn't be worse. Yeah, she'll tell us I what say. is going on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mike, That's going to be a good day tomorrow, too. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel. Okay, 
this makes me smile every time I hear it. <laughs> 1017 FM 710 Keo, Mike and McCarty. And uh, we've got a new sponsor to the to the show this morning. And we, we talked to Michael Hurley earlier. Was it earlier this week? My days are all confused mm-hmm. now. Uh, they it's a really a really cool deal insurance if you don't have insurance health insurance uh you you need to contact hurley benefit services um and one of the things that i thought was great first of all it's lower insurance than obamacare Mm -hmm. and there's no there's no window that you have to you know enroll in there's it's open enrollment all year yes if you're looking for maybe health insurance to offer to your employees or maybe just for yourself and your family, he can price it where it will be lower than what you're paying now. Hurleybenefits.com, H-U-R-L-E-Y, benefits.com. Look, you're going to get a great deal and lower rates than what you're paying right now from our friend Michael Hurley with Hurley Benefits. Coming up uh, uh, tomorrow, we've got a great day tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Shelly Ragel. Director yes. of SPAR. Right. Uh, this is interesting. It's 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 the pool situation every year has just been a debacle. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no other word to describe it's it. It's not going to be this year. Uh, they've done everything right. We've got a new administration. Mm-hmm. New administration, and they have done RFPs, and they're waiting for those to come back. But she's going to tell us what is the plan, what is the city going to do, what do they want to do with the pools. So she'll be joining us tomorrow. And then... Um, there's something else going on with Caddo Schools um, with regard to changing the kind of the feeder system in the MLK schools. And Dr. Lamar Gorey is going to join us on, tomorrow to talk about that because that could help those schools that have been typically not performing well. And you want to make sure that you're doing the best you can for the kids. So that's what I always preach. You know, are those the best options for those kids in those neighborhoods? And we find we have found over the past that a lot of parents are opting to get their kids to other schools that are better. What, what do you mean changing the feeder system? Well, they have sixth graders in classes with little kids now. And not classes, but in schools. They're going to separate and have a real, a more structured elementary middle and high school path that which we do in all other areas of the school system and they're going to make that change the mlk school they've kind of lumped them together and they want to make that change make have a middle school system there as well it is going to change the district lines for some and folks are going to want to need to going to need to know about that it'll change the the populations at some of the schools but it's a it's a big change for the mlk area and the, and the goal is to help improve those schools and help them be better and, and perform better because, quite frankly, the ones that are being discussed are not performing well. They're all underperforming schools. They absolutely uh, in fact, are. The grade is F on a lot of those schools. Yes, exactly. And they want to improve that. They want to make changes so that that can improve. But the overall goal is to do better for the kids, mm-hmm. to make sure, sure that the kids have the best options for education and they stop losing these kids to the magnet schools or to private schools even, or even some to home schools as well. Because a lot of the parents can't afford to do the private schools. Absolutely. The other schools. You bet. You know. Thank you so much for your patience. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty.